welcome. Pour yourself a bowl of cereal, grab a spot on the couch, and join us in our Saturday morning pajamas. This week, we're going to be discussing one of my favorite book series growing up, the Goosebumps series. These are books I read as a child, we're thinking around 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, well, maybe not then, but right around those age ranges was when I read the most of these books. I was a reader, you see, and I just loved pouring myself into a book and escaping into that world. Eventually, I would graduate on to the Fear Street series, books by similar authors, as well as some Stephen King. Again, right around the same age range. I loved everything. So it should be no surprise that last year, when I heard there was a Goosebumps movie coming out, I was a bit intrigued. This was something I'd grown up with, and I was just curious, how are they going to make this work, and could they make it work? Short answer, not very well. Long answer, we're going to get into that because that movie is the topic of today's podcast. You have to excuse me, it is a little bit late, but I did want to go ahead and record. You may hear a little heater in the background. It's kind of chilly and rainy here in California today. So with those two little bits out of the way, let's get into the story behind the movie. I think that's called the plot. Again. Tired, excuse me, real deal. So now the plot of the movie. Zack and his mother are just moving to a new town. This is, of course, after the death of a father. I guess we're trying to be like Disney and kill off a parent here. And Zack's mother has just become the new vice principal of Zack's high school. Well, Zack's new school, but you understand. Upon moving into their new home, they discover that they have a weird neighbor, crotchety old man, doesn't like you on his property, and definitely doesn't like it when you talk to his daughter, who, as should point out, is the one initiating contact here with Zach. Yeah, they always get blamed for something, don't they? Four teenage boys. One night, Zach thinks that he hears a little bit of arguing between Hannah and her father. When he goes over to investigate, he finds that Hannah's father has a very interesting book collection. He owns what looks like manuscripts to every single Goosebumps book. Why would he own these, and why are the books all locked? Let's open one. Nothing bad can happen, right? So something bad happens when they open a book, the creature escapes. First creature, of course, and I say first for a reason, is the abominable snowman of Pasadena. It takes Zack, Hannah, Zack's friend, Champ, as well as Hannah's father, all they can do just to capture this one creature as it wraps havoc across the town. Upon return home, though, they find something a little bit more dangerous. Someone has opened all of the books. Not just opened the books, but let the creatures out of every book and gone into even destroying some of the books so they cannot recapture the monsters. Now it's up to the four of them to go and save the town. Basic gist. So now I want to talk about the little thoughts I had throughout watching the film. First off, I did find it a very creative film, especially how they wound so many characters from the different books into this main story. Part of me does think they could have done a little better job. They could have narrowed down some of the main characters just to concentrate. It it was a bit hard for me to name as many books just because it's been so long since I've read them. 
but I did like how they worked so many books into this movie. My favorites was actually the garden gnomes because they looked lifelike in the fact that it looked like a ceramic gnome movie, all stiff and everything. Though it was creepy when the broken ones came to life like in The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Maybe we're not going to get garden gnomes when we move into our house. We'll see. I also did find the clown especially creepy. I'm not one to be afraid of clowns unless their name is Pennywise, but this clown had the creepy vibe to him, and I must stop myself from showing those scenes to my friend who is definitely afraid of clowns, even though it would be so much fun. I think I'll avoid her killing me. Now, in addition to these little bits, there were just a few random thoughts I had during watching the film. Now, one thing is the house that they move into. Either this is showing my age, or I've just lived in California too long. But that house will cost easily three quarters to a million out here in California. They live in Delaware, so I'm guessing it's less, but still. And I don't even live in L.A. or San Francisco or Marin County where all the expensive stuff is. That's where things would be like three million for this house. This is just a point of an old-style home, like, trying to know the name of this house type I don't but it's a very nice house that was one of my thoughts and that just yeah another random thought is how much I love connections between movies I watch if you listen to my previous podcast where I talked about bad Milo and you actually watched Milo like I suggested you will notice that the lead in that movie the guy who plays Duncan is the basketball coach in the Goosebumps movie Yay for little connections. One other scene that I do want to point out is when Zach thinks that Hannah's in trouble, he does call the police when there's that domestic disturbance. Now, the police show up apparently is the first day for someone, and we decide that a domestic disturbance is the perfect time to you know, let her be the one to take charge, let her learn. So when the experienced cop says, you know, we were called here on a 1040 or 6104, whatever number they used, he asked her what that means, her being the new cop, and she has to think for a moment. Not only does she have to think for a moment, she then has to say, hold on, don't tell me, I got this. You know, it's not like someone could be getting killed in the house by another party or anything. No, no, no. Let's use this time to see if you remember the basics of your job. Way poor timing. Oh, that does remind me of one other bit of poor timing. When Zach thinks that Hannah is in trouble, he goes to his mom and says, Hannah's in trouble. I, you know, I need to call the police. His mom's first thought is, ooh, Hannah, a girl. Yes, and soon to be a dead one if you don't help me. Same exact thing happened when he told his friend Champ about the girl. It's like, a girl? Yes. Again, in trouble. Need help. Is this town just like, was there a book written about some really stupid people in the town? You know, we had like brain suckers, slugs, or something. Because I, if so, I think that's where these people are coming from. <sighs> okay, so enough about my little rambling. 
Now for the overall thoughts about the film. Now I know this intended audience for the movie is a bit younger than me. I do have a 12 year old mentality, but I do sometimes have taste for someone a little bit closer to my own age. Don't ask. But why can't this be like a true family film where there's something for all ages? It's, it just seemed that it was a little bit narrow-minded when they created the intended audience. It actually reminded me of a Disney Channel made-for-TV movie and how it put in the intended audience, in the acting, and in just some of the plot choices. There were a few scenes that just seemed some, like something Disney wouldn't allow. Oh, that kiss went on a little long. Maybe we wouldn't have discussed twerking in High School Musical. But still, overall, that was the feeling I got. And that's not to say that Disney made for TV movies are bad. There are some, I remember when I was younger, that I really liked. There's some from more recent years that I may or may not have watched on Netflix and quite enjoyed. It's just that the overall tone, the quality, is more similar to that, that TV movie then say something like Jumanji, where you have something like a board game or a book coming to life, but this one's for the whole family. Goosebumps pretty much just plods along, and it doesn't have that engaging style that some movies have. To go back and reference a interview I saw once with Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the creators of South Park and the Book of Mormon Broadway musical. When you're writing a film or a story, you don't want to use the formula of this happens and then this happens, then this happens, and so on. You want to replace that with therefores, and so this happens. For example, this happens, so this happens, but then this happens, so this other thing happens. It's cause and effect, and it does give you a lot more engrossing film. Something I think that they could have spent a little more time on with the Gizmos movie. That criticism said, I do have to give points for creativity. I know it cannot be easy to fit so many different characters, so many different plot lines, reference so many different things into a single film. There was a lot of monsters and characters that had to be kept straight. In fact, I read on the Internet Movie Database trivia how Arl Stein forgot that he had written about one of these monsters when he saw it in the script and had to be reminded that, yes, he did. In addition, I will say that some of the CGI was really great. I mentioned the garden gnomes already, and then also the abominable snowman. His was really good. He was the first monster, so they did spend a little more time on him than others, I think. But the CGI was really good and really helped to bring you into those parts of the story. So now, I think that if you love the books and you have a soft spot for Disney Channel movies or just movies for that generation, if that's something, one of your guilty pleasures, definitely check this out. If you're not sure if this is your thing, but you're still kind of curious, still check it out. It's not a bad movie. It's not a great movie, but it's not a bad movie. I, for one, am very happy to have seen it. Happier still, I waited for Redbox and seen it in the theaters. 
but again, not intended, uh, intended audience, and I think this worked out fine. So now I want to hear from you. Did you grow up reading Goosebumps books? If so, which one or ones were your favorites? Leave me a comment in the blog post at www.nonoms.net. That's www.nonoms.net. And I will check it out and we will have a little conversation in the future. Didn't read Goosebumps? That's fine. What did you read growing up? What were some of your favorite books? Maybe you can influence someone else. Again, leave me a comment at nonoms.net. Until next time, I'll keep a spot on the couch ready for you so we can both enjoy our Saturday morning pajamas.